0: All right, everybody we want to take a second to talk to you about an amazing sponsor. We have an amazing relationship with rayallen.com. Ray Allen is a one-stop shop for everything dog, not just working dogs, everything dog that you need. You can go down there, check them out, rayallen.com. Awesome people. They got everything you need.
1: Another one of our favorite partnerships is with a dog trip. They've been with us from the start. Uh, great callers, great ball poppers, great GPS tracking. Big dog, small dog, bark collars, everything. I got everything like that they have at the kennel. We use it every day. Be sure to head them up, dogtree.com. Listen for the discount code later in the episode. Hits 2023 is being held in Scottsdale, Arizona. I hear they have a, at the hotel, they have like this super high-end shopping outside. And I think you can go surfing in the desert, which I'm super looking forward to. Anyway, Scottsdale, Arizona, August 15th to the 18th. So hurry up and register now to save a spot and make sure you get a room. Take the guesswork out of making sure you're feeding your working dog correctly by using Kinetic Dog Food. Hit them up at KineticDogFood.com and look them up on the Instagrams at Kinetic Dog Food. Take all the guesswork out and do it right from the beginning.
0: We love Horizon Structures. Dude, this stuff is so awesome, man. You can get online. You can talk to them. You could build it. You want from... Mild to wild, they'll come bring it to your place, set it down on your pad, hook up your power, hook up your water, and you can put dogs in it that day. If you don't believe me, check out some guys like uh, Justin Rigney's got a great setup there. Ask him. Check him out. HorizonStructures.com. At the Hold the Line Canine Conference 2023, um, I'm Eric Stambrough, as usual. Uh, With me always is Ted Summers from Tulsa. Ted, what is going
1: on, buddy? Uh, it, uh, yeah, we're downtown here again. It's a little bit different than it was last year. Thankfully, there's actually restaurants that are open now. I mean, last year it looked like a zombie apocalypse because, you know, Mm -hmm. we had just got done with the Rona. And, uh, so yeah, it looks like Pittsburgh has bounced back. There's actually people down here. Remember last year there was like grass growing in this little median thing out here. (laughs) And like, I was like, oh man, they're going to film a, uh, (laughs) fucking zombie movie out here. Uh, so yeah, we've got uh, a list of interviews. Lined up that are going to be good. You're instructing tomorrow? Today at uh, 10.15. Oh, so when we get done with this. And then uh, I instruct on... Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, whatever the last day is to do the scenario thing. So scenario-based training, that'll be good. And what are you doing? Uh, I'm teaching... uh,
0: The the class title here is called uh, Removing Conflict from Your Training. It's my e-call without conflict PowerPoint. I just didn't feel like changing it, so I just changed the name. But... My <laughs> e-collar without conflict class is 50% e-collar, 50% how you're screwing your dog up. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> it's basically basically when I, I tell ba- people are like, what are you teaching? Uh, the subtitle is uh, shut up. That's what it is. <laughs> Stop <laughs> talking.
1: This is the one thing we used to tell people at H.R.D. all the time. Dudes would be talking to their dog. They're like, good boy, and you're like, what the fuck are you marking? Yeah. Like, right. no, he is not being a good boy. <laughs> like, yeah. shut up. Yeah, I'm like,
0: stop saying that. He doesn't know what you mean. You're just white noise in the background. But Makes me uh, feel better, though. So, yeah, well, uh, they announced, uh, I guess, next year, this Hold the Line conference is going to be in Myrtle Beach. Oh, that'll be better weather. Yeah, if you're from the East Coast, you know what Myrtle Beach is. Like, everybody on the East Coast goes to Myrtle Beach or has throughout. I live there. I got a son out of it, and uh, I had a monkey when I lived there. <laughs> and fucking wild times. I was. Ballooned up to about 210 from fucking You drinking. caught a raccoon the other day. We did. Uh, we've You're caught not going to keep them. him? No, it's the mom. <laughs> so here's the thing. There's babies in the wall. And uh they came in yesterday. They were going to cut a hole in and take the babies out. And I'm like, oh, man. I you got a I monkey, might, though. Just get a raccoon. I might want one of them. I but what they did was they sprayed the female, the mother, with male piss and let her go. And then she got in the wall, takes her babies and vamooses. Because the raccoon males will kill the female to get her to go, or kill the babies to get the female to go back into heat. Horny little fucks. Wow.
1: Yeah. Raccoon fucking dog cats are gangster. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, when you're, uh, (laughs) they do,
0: they, so she climbs up the wall across the ceiling tiles of the room, of the one room, and then climbs down a stripper pole into the kitchen. That's how she was getting in and around. So the pole has all her grubby little hand marks all over it and, they're gross. They're they're fucking gross. Um, so anyways, yeah, they they caught one uh took took one day. So that was pretty good. So the babies are still in there, but they are not. So the uh we'll see what happens when I get back. Maybe there'll be more. That's the problem with having an old gigantic fucking old ass building from the eighteen hundreds is
1: with a tombstone in the basement.
0: With a tombstone in the basement, yeah. Is that um weird shit happens in the dude. So listen. I've, I've spent a million hours in the funhouse by myself, never heard a sound. The other day I'm in there, I'm waiting on uh, these two guys come. I have a little handler school, trainer's course going on. It's 10 till 9, they, they start at 9 o'clock. So I'm sitting there down in the one room and the one main door that I use opens and closes. And there's no way the way the wind is impossible. Heavy, heavy. Oh, I've been down there. Yeah. Like, it's it's dark. So I turn and look. I'm like, oh, they must have. Because you can come in and dart down this hallway to go to the bathroom. Like, if guys have to hit the head or something. So I get up and look. No one's in the hall. No one's in the parking lot. Because I'm like, did a homeless guy escape? I don't know how they would get in the building. It's pretty solid. But so I'm sitting there. I was like, man, that was weird. Like, it opened all the way up and closed. That's a training facility. the a fun house. Yeah. So uh, there's a grave in the basement. And so it's whatever. Fun. I'll show you a picture yeah. in a second. It's fucking creepy. It's got like, it's an inscription. There's flowers. How do the flowers get there? I, who knows? There's fake flowers. They've been there forever. Because before I moved in, I swear, it had been 13 years since the debold had been there. So the flowers have been there 20 some years probably. But then we're upstairs walking around. And, you know, I have those sono speakers everywhere upstairs. All, I can play all kinds of stuff. They turn on, start playing a, um, a radio station. Yeah. Because you have to physically connect to them. You have to make a point to turn those on and connect to them. So I'm looking at my phone. I'm not connected because you go through the Wi-Fi, is how I play the music on my phone and sound effects. I'm looking and then I'm like, well, let me pull up the Sonos app. Well, it's playing a, a song, it's playing a radio station off of iHeartRadio. I would have had to physically do that and I
1: hadn't touched my phone. Really weird, dude. So Alicia, Alicia will be super happy to hear that your place is haunted. Yeah. She's so, like, I knew it. So I anyways. You, I fucking told you.
0: <laughs> what do we got going on today?
1: Uh, so we have with us one of the instructors. And that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be interviewing all the instructors. There's just some guys here, too, that aren't instructing that I think we're gonna, probably going to interview. But um, this instructor is uh, his first time instructing at this conference. Uh, I don't think I've seen you in the other conferences, not any of the canine ones. Yeah, so um, with us today is uh, Kenny Williams, the Red Ninja. Yeah, look at his Yeah, Red Ninja. Yeah, he gave. Well, we're not recording this, but uh, you don't want to see me anyway. Uh, Yeah, Kenny, how are you, man?
2: I'm good. Good. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure.
1: Yeah, give us uh, a little bit of background. Um, We just had one of your other guys on too. We just had Josh on uh, from Street Cops. Yeah, Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah,
2: young dude. Yeah. Yeah, his dogs like, but he was like. I don't know, since birth. He was yeah, in so dog he's, he's over look, at so and so's yeah, yeah, yeah. the So-and-so's kennel yeah. working for Kenny. Yeah. Yeah, you, you, you look <laughs> like, at him, like and you're everyone. like, what the hell is this guy going to teach me about dogs? And little you know, he's been around them since he was five years old. So exactly. he's 25, but he has 20 years of experience, which is crazy. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've been a cop for 16 years. I'm a cop in Indiana with uh, Josh. Um, different agency, relatively close. Um, I've had two dogs, uh, both single purpose, and that is not my specialty. Everyone at this conference probably knows more about dogs than I know. Um, but I work criminal addiction. I've been doing that for 11, 11 years, um, and dogs kind of coincide with you know criminal addiction. It's a great asset and a great tool. So that's kind of what I'm going to be talking about 100%. in my class. So you you focus you're you're on the human psychology of of this side of things. 100%. Yeah, yeah. I focus more on you know um, people's reaction to my presence, conversation based stuff. Their um, you know the human aspect of it where uh, I'm very good at listening and not so much talking, and, and I think that that benefits me in the work that I do. Yeah, when when I was at the police department, um, when I was in K9,
0: there's a guy, uh, a state trooper in Ohio, who was really good at interdiction. He he had a dog, but again, like you, that was counter. I mean, that was like the lowest part of his job. It was it was watching and and coming up with human behaviors. And I don't know where he learned it from, but his name was Sean Smart. And Sean was really good. And I went through his class two or three times. Um, Our problem was we really didn't have a ton of success with it in, in Canton because there's, on the highway, there's only one, like, interstate that comes through the city, and there's no turnarounds. Oh uh, yeah, that, that'd, make there's, there's no that'd make it challenging. There's uh, no crossover. That'd make it challenging. It worked on the street though. If you if you want to get low
2: level guys, they all exhibited pretty much the same kind of behaviors. Sean, Sean Smart is one of the. Um, so Sean Smart was the first class that I ever took when it, when I started working in addiction, and uh, it changed my world, changed my perspective. Like, but he is so intelligent. And this is no knock to him. I'm just not. So he's speaking in these, like, big terms and shit. And it it was challenging for me to understand. I'm just a dumb cop. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, I'm super new to this. You're saying all these huge words and shit. I'm like, how? So then it took me time. And then it changed my complete perspective on everything. But then when I realized what he was saying and how he was saying it, I was it just all clicked. But it took a while after his class before things started to click with me. Yeah, he's... um... Uh, he's really good. I think he just retired. He did. He did. Yeah. But we,
0: we, uh, we sent a lot of people to his class. We had a, um, got a big federal grant for a lot of stuff and sent a lot of guys through and they're paying overtime and everything. But again, one, no crossovers. It was tough. Um, so we, we suddenly out of nowhere, we kind of have this micro relationship with street cop training that we had Josh on. I was on their podcast with Dennis. You're one of his, uh, one of his dudes. How'd they find you?
2: Uh, uniquely I found Dennis through a uh, TJ calling. He owns a trap find social media company and he teaches about traps. And then TJ introduced me to Dennis. Um, in 2016 Dennis started to take his class from New Jersey on the road. And he went somewhere like North Dakota, or South Dakota. And then my agency hosted him for a two day class, followed up with TJ calling So we had like a basically like a three day workshop on criminal addiction and traps. And from that point, Dennis and I became friends. He offered me a job almost immediately uh, to teach. But me being selfish, I wanted to accomplish personal goals in the interdiction world before I went to teach with him. And then late 2019, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to teach. So I, I, you know, and I I built a decent foundation within that group, helping guys out, um, social media platforms, you guys asking questions and, and kind of putting my name out there as just, you know, helping as much as I can, but not dedicating time to travel and and teach because it's just, it is taxing. I mean, I'm still working a job and I try to teach one class a month. And, you know, if I travel to anywhere, it's pretty much three days that I got to take off. So it's, it's, it's a little challenging, but it's rewarding as well. And Ted and I, we've talked about this
0: between the two of us and and other people a lot is a, you got to take that step, right? You got to get out there confidence in your, in yourself that, um, that you, you are an SME. You do know what you're talking about. Talking to human beings and talking in front of people is a different thing. Ted and I, because uh, we run handler schools, are mini psychologists With at handler school because you have five guys and four of them learn differently than the fifth one Absolutely. or three of them. And the fifth one's retarded. Yeah, and you got to figure how, how <laughs> so. does this one learn? How does that one learn? To, I, you know, I we had a. I had a guy in my class one time, real good dude, man. He was not stupid, He was, and he was like 38, so he was a little bit older. But I had to talk to him like a child and make him repeat back to me every instruction twice before we did it cuz he would forget from from I said well, go get your dog he'd forget it the instruction from there or as soon as a dog was in his hand blank he was just blank out so it was just the human psychology part of it um uh, the teaching is
1: is big but guys got to make this step I, yeah, was, you, yeah, yeah. I was talking with somebody about it and i was watching some discussion go down and like rigney is you know I mean you, you, everybody knows rigging. Uh, he's been on the podcast a couple. He's here somewhere. I saw him the other day. Um, he uh, is a very talented trainer in his own right, but he's also a very very gifted instructor. Same thing with Nesbeth and uh, Carlos Ramirez, right? So it's a skill set all in and of itself. Like I know some magnificently gifted trainers in this industry that are fucking terrible at instructing. They can train a fucking dog, though, but they cannot they cannot convey how they do it. And then I know some guys that can talk that can't train a dog to shit outside. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, they're good dudes, though. I mean, it's all right. You're just not going to learn anything from them. Yeah. But, I mean, except, like, how to be cool. But either way, uh, yeah. So. All right. One of the largest conferences in the country Uh hits canine training conference. It's America's premier canine training seminar packed to the brim with the world's best instructors and me and Eric, all covering important topics. There is no better place to learn and no better place to network with other handlers, breeders, trainers, and vendors. Hits 2023 is being held in Scottsdale, Arizona. I hear they have a, at the hotel, they have like the super high-end shopping outside. And I think you can go surfing in the desert, which I'm super looking forward to. Anyway, Scottsdale, Arizona, August 15th through the 18th. So hurry up and register now to save a spot and make sure you get a room. We'll see everybody there. Largest law enforcement training conference in the world. Tons of training classes. Lots of training topics for everybody and everything. Hours included and more network opportunities. Be sure to hit up Jeff Barrett at 863 863- five, two, nine, five, one, one, three hits canine letter K number nine, dot net and add hits underscore canine and all of your socials.
0: One of the best relationships we have in this podcast and in this industry is with the great people down at kinetic dog food. The story of kinetic uh, performance dog food is pretty simple. They wanted to make a better premium dog food for the dogs that need it the most. Their goal is to give every working and sporting dog a higher energy level better performance, and better overall health through superior nutrition. So they formulated a line of food based on what they considered to be the optimal profile of a performing of performance dog. They've done tons of research on this. This isn't their first rodeo. These guys know what they're doing. If you're a kennel, they will come to your kennel. They will see the problems that you have. They will check out what works for the dogs that you have Um, they're amazing people to work with. They drop ship a pallet right to you if you want. Um, I know a lot of guys that use them. There's a bunch of different formulas on there and, uh, 32 K might not be for your dogs. Maybe the 26 K works. They can adjust it. They'll give you the right ideas, what to do in different parts of the year. Winter's different than summer. It's, uh, it's really a well-run, good dog food. Um, company kineticdogfood.com. Be sure to check them out on social media too, man. They're, they're amazing folks, kinetic So my entire time that I was a handler or a trainer in law enforcement, the cars at my department in the departments that I trained all had American aluminum accessory kennels in the cars, different cars, man, Dodge chargers, all the Ford models, some Chevys, uh, SUVs, cars, everything. We loved American aluminum accessories. Um, It's a great product, a great company. They've been serving a canine law enforcement community for over 20 years. If you check out their uh, website, EZ, that's the letter Z, -Z ezrideronlinecom They got testimonials. They got videos on how to, they got a list of everything they have. Uh, Just today, we made a post on the Working Dog Radio social media showing a dog that survived a really bad crash because of the american aluminum kennel in the back of the car check them out online guys easyrideronline.com just let them do their thing man whatever car you got for your work your patrol car get a hold of them american aluminum accessories and get the best in the business
1: next up comes uh training courses online from our friends down at highland canine training jason and aaron perguson so in the post-rona world uh Training budgets have been getting cut. People aren't going to be able to travel, whether it be instructors or they be canine handlers and supervisors going somewhere else for training. So Highland has announced a lot of online training courses. One of those that sticks out to me is their police supervisor canine course. And it's no secret that one of the problems with canine tends to be some of the supervision issues. This course is specifically designed for administrators and covers utilization as well as liability and FL, FLSA issues. The course can be taken at your convenience and you'll receive a certificate of completion at the end. When you go to Tactical Police K9 Training, that's letter K9, training.com and use the discount code WDR30, you'll get 30% off of that course at this conference you're teaching the name of the class is interdiction mastermind so like you said it's not um specifically kind of like dog related so talk a little bit about what this class is and how we kind of got here
2: um actually so the owner of worthless canine took my class in tennessee (laughs) and then he uh i don't know if he wants me to put his name out there but anyway so he he, took my class in tennessee so therefore about a week later he's like dude i loved your class um would you be willing to come speak at this conference so i'm like yeah i was like but it can't be about dogs because honestly i i that is not my specialty like i don't And he's like no no just your class he's like a lot of guys that work dogs aspire to you know do this type of work and, and i was like yeah man i'll come do it so he offered me the opportunity um and that's kind of how i'm here i'm i'm like i'm going to open my presentation with like literally this is nothing about dogs everyone in this room knows more about, about dogs than me uh, i don't want to even be on that platform i'm going to show like very two dog videos of just about how we handle some some stuff on maybe the asset forfeiture side, which is a little different, and that's something that's very contested in, in the you know the public eye. So I kind of want to, if I can help someone by showing that type of shit, that's it. That's literally it. Don't look at me at how I handle my dog. Look at how the dog works, and that that's all I want. You know, everything else is going to be about the the human behavior of when someone sees a cop sitting in the median or a cop anywhere. That could be walking. That could be driving, and then their natural reaction if they're up to something criminal in nature.
1: And it's interesting because I'm on the exact opposite side of this. Like, I know shit about criminal interdiction. One of my handlers, a friend of mine, Anthony Moore from the Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics, is also a very talented interdiction guy. And I constantly hear him, like, counseling young handlers and and actually and other handlers, too, about the stuff that same stuff. And uh, I'm like, I'm, this is not my thing. So, like, I'm a dog guy.
2: <laughs> I train dogs. See, I find it interesting, like, it doesn't, for me personally, still working, I I absolutely love my job, and I love being able to beat people at a psychological game that they've prepared for months or years to to, to beat cops, and all of a sudden, I have to break through that, and, you know, seven to ten minutes in a normal traffic stop, and that's the reward. it doesn't matter what's in the car, it's me being able to win that that battle that they've prepared however long for, and I can break them down in, in that short period of time, that's I don't know. That's my motivation, and that's why I like it so much, I think.
0: So when we went through Sean's class back in the day, I'm, I'm saying this is like 2006. Like it's, it's been a minute. He, they were really, and I don't know if this has changed, they were really doing that three-phase thing where you see that the first phase, what they do when they go by you, and then afterwards. Is that still kind of human, the way that works?
2: Yeah, I mean, I could tell the public. I could tell, like, a guy that's running drugs, like, this is what we're going to look for the entire time and they're not they're, their psychologies no matter what I tell them and I can tell them what we look for, they're still gonna have those reactions they might be con- able to control them a little bit better but there's still going to be some reaction to your presence that's not consistent with the normal no, the normal public like you, you know that like if I get caught, I'm gonna go to prison for 20 years because guys I have this in my car. Even if you go and, and educate yourself in any facet of it, you still are going to have some type of reaction to it, so yeah, we still focus on all those phases, um, and I'm sure that is very similar to what Sean talks about and to, to what I look for. Yeah, we
0: we uh, it's funny because so we're talking about the phases like somebody sees a cop and they're up to no good, they will. Switch lanes and get like between trucks, which is unnatural, right? Or get behind a semi or whatever.
1: Man, fuck all that.
0: Yeah. So, so now, <laughs> no. I always remember that because if I'm driving and I'm like fuck and I'm speeding and I see see the trooper, I'll hit the brakes. I'm like, don't change lanes, don't fucking change lanes. And then when we go by him, I wave at him, <laughs> dude. It throws them off. They look at you and they're like, I'll be, even go beep beep and wave. The exact opposite of what a, I'm like. So far, it's working, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, it worked. He's like. Yeah. I must know you. Yeah, <laughs> no,
2: and, and that's the thing in Indiana uh, where I work. Uh, trucks go sixty-five, cars go seventy on the highway. Like it, it, it makes no sense for anyone in their right mind to be like tucked up next to a semi in the slow lane when they have ample opportunity to pass. Like my grandma's eighty-five years old. She hates driving on the highway, but she's not going to spend more time on there. She wants to get from point A to point B and mm. get the fuck off. And she's place. afraid of the big truck. It's <laughs> yeah, unnatural. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, but they think in their mind. I'm gonna blend in because this is what a normal person would do, and they feel comfortable in that area for whatever reason. And it's it, once you start to see it, it stands out how abnormal it truly is. Yeah.
0: Now, how much? Um, so back back then, when we were teaching us the second phase where they go by you, they won't look at you. Um, if you if you don't really see the first phase,
2: how accurate is that? Just at the second phase, or is it just because people don't look at cops? It's yeah. No. When you no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That part's. So I I mean. If we're looking at phase two, I like something that is going to be comforting or concealing, and something that is deviating from the way that they approached. So if they're like all like laid back, joking, talking, and then all of a sudden they see me, and then they push themselves back behind the, the B pillar or something like that, where like that this is not how you've been driving. The only thing that's changed is me being there, and then you do something that is deviating from your normal driving. That's what I look for. But I really like comforting or concealing. This is the easiest way I can and I can describe it in that in that second phase. But if I had to pick one of the three, it's it's after. You, Cars pass me. Um, typically, you're speeding. You see the cop. You'll brake. You'll slow down. If the cop doesn't pull up out in about you know seven se- or you know seven tenths of a second, they're going back to 90 miles an hour again. Criminal mind. It could be anything from a suspended license, warrants, anything. But they're going to still be worried about that cop because whatever they are doing that is wrong is, is that's still in play. That's still an element in their mind. So they're like, oh shit, he's not. He, has he pulled out yet? Has he pulled out yet? And then they're you know they're reacting still after they go by you. Okay. This is the other thing I found fascinating.
0: Is people that are hiding deep secrets in their life will exhibit a lot of similar traits as somebody doing something. So you're an authority figure. I Sean talking about this. So when we ran that grant, we came across, well, warrant people, you know. So I we came across uh, a lot. And this, like I said, this is like 2006. A lot of guys that were... Um, Just when you start talking to them, they're just kind of keeping secrets from people. Closeted gay guys, a lot of those guys um, would exhibit some of that stuff because they just have this secret they're hiding. And uh, so a lot of their behavior would be very similar because Sean talked about it. He goes, you'll be surprised, man. You're going to come across more people... People with no license, they they yep. kind of behave the same way and and guys that are just struggling with something.
2: And and, and I've stopped a few of those and it's people I've stopped a few men that that were like cheating on their wife and it's all the same behaviors and then you come to find out and then I would ask and they're like, Man, if I get a ticket in Indiana I'm supposed to be at this point and, and or I'm supposed to be working and and you know, I'm coming from, you know, two states away and and you know, then I'm like, I'm not the moral police. I, I mean, whatever you're doing, that's that's on you. I'm, I'm I'm looking for people that are criminals. And it's like almost a relief is left off them. And I'm like, I'm not the moral police. I'm not passing judgment. You know, it is what it is, man. I'm like, you go do your own thing. I'm, I'm not going to judge you on that. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've come across a couple of those, and it's like all there. And then when I start to explain I'm not the moral police, you know, this and that, they, they'll just come clean. And it's like a relief for them. And I'm like, now I'm like, all right, this traffic stops over. I'm, I'm <laughs> you, you don't have anything that I'm looking for. <laughs> So do you see, um, I, I know the answer to this, but we can
0: talk so people see it. So I'm, I'm working, as, I'm a street cop. I'm working in a city. We don't really have highways. We're not doing interdiction, but we got shitheads. Mm-hmm. On the surface streets, Walk guys walking, that type of folks, you see kind of the same, is this applicable to
2: guys just, just patrolling in a yeah, beat? Yeah, any, any aspect of law enforcement. Um, my first five years, I worked general patrol. I wanted to work the highway. We had no one working the highway. I finally bugged enough right people to get on a part-time team with the state police. Um, But I would still go back and work patrol. And then even now, occasionally, I'll go back when the weather's shitty, you know, a month or two and work patrol. And it's all applicable. It might be a little bit different, a little bit quicker. Um, People that are traveling across country with a load of narcotics have to justify for an extended amount of time. Where you stop some dude that went into, say, like, you know, a, a drug source area from a couple counties away, they have to justify 20 minutes. So the questions are a little bit different, but their behaviors, their driving behaviors, their human behaviors, they're all the same. Walking, all of a sudden they see the police and, you know, they'll make a a quick turn to go down an alley or something because they don't want to go by you. And then on the highway, they're just stuck. They have to go behind you. So I always look for that difference a little bit in the city and stuff is people that are avoiding you and making those right turns to avoid you quickly or left turns just so they don't have to go by you. But on the highway, you're stuck. Like you have to. And that's why I think a lot of that stress and anxiety builds up for the half a mile or so you're watching them, it's, they're just panicking the whole time and more avoidance within the city element compared to the highway. So have you ever
1: had contact, <clears throat> and Eric, you know where this question is going, um, contact with people that um, are trying to generate a contact outside? I mean, they're, they're doing something. I'm talking about the, the Vlad bite,
2: mm. um, like the Sovereign Citizen guys and we're trying to get yeah so knock on wood on the highway i have not come across those um i know some of our city guys have and it's they're just baiting them and stuff which um yeah so there's a there's a there's a
1: clear difference that well normally they don't have license plates on which helps um yeah or they have some stupid handwritten thing that's like some (laughs) fucking commercial code bullshit written handwritten but uh so, like Eric was saying, like if you're dealing with guys like on the street or um, like in a general traffic stop, because a lot of times, too, like I get this from handlers. I had one of my handlers text me, and they they had stopped. They didn't. They somebody else had stopped a car. They got a call for service. Show up. They had already pulled the people out and then stuck them back in the car. And I was like, kind of shaking my head. And my handler said the same thing. He's like, no, nah, this is not on. This is not like an interdiction type deal. This is just like a normal like stop and then they start putting all the pieces together type deal they weren't specifically looking for it but you know with if you're not here sitting in your class um for like new handlers or even season handlers that aren't working interstate um what's the like way aside from coming to a class like if you could give somebody some advice what's the easiest way to start kind of working towards the the lane where where looking at human behavior, like some of the first things that we're trying to recognize when people are uh, <laughs> trying to hide something from you.
2: So uh, comparing it to like the sovereign citizen, I feel like the sovereign citizens are doing things that are so overt that they're trying to draw your attention, where people that don't want to draw your attention are doing minor things, but they're trying to conceal it in some way, where the, the sovereign citizens that want to get stopped, and they want to have contact because they want to make you YouTube famous and all this shit, they are doing things that are so overt where... It's almost obvious, and then you look at someone that is criminal doing something criminal in nature. They will do those minor details, but it's they're trying to be more subtle about them. Hiding their face is a thing too. Like yeah, the B pillar, or you see the dude walking on the street. He will, like,
0: fake phone call. Yeah, or whatever, next to his face to cover. I'm like, you're wanted. I mean, there's. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's
2: like the comforting or the concealing. So they're going to, you know, hide their face, shield their face, put their hood up, start talking on the phone. If you're looking more of a city environment or comforting, like guys with beards in stressful environments, a lot of them will start playing with their facial hair. Like, oh, like it's for whatever reason. And I'm a weirdo. I do it myself. And I'm like, you're a fucking weirdo. Can you stop doing that shit? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I do it. Like I, I get in uncomfortable situations. And the next thing I know, I'm like playing with my beard. I'm like, dude, stop.
0: All right. We love the Perkinsons down in uh, North Carolina at Highland canine training. They are great people, great trainers. They got a good business model. They're awesome folks. We've been with them for a long time. Uh, they're also super smart and they understand that a lot of agencies are struggling to have manpower. So they're not sending people away for training. You guys have been there. You know, you put in, denied lack of manpower. So they've created an online course section of their website, tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. You get on there under training, the online course. But here's the best thing, is they offer a supervisor, canine supervisor course, which we know a lot of uh, police canine supervisors don't get to go to training. They don't know as much as they should, right here online Uh, the course discusses topics such as proper selection of dogs and handlers proper deployment effective allocation and utilization as well as liability and the flsa issues which we know is where all the legal stuff comes from interdepartmental Uh, the course can be taken at your convenience and you will receive a certificate of completion at the end Uh, they're offering an amazing discount, guys. 30% off using the discount code WDR30. It's a no-brainer. If you're a police supervisor and you guys have manpower issues, and you can't go. Get on tacticalpolicek9training.com under the training tab. Get on that supervisor's course, man. I'm telling you, it's a smart
1: decision. All right, guys. We're going to take a quick break for just a second and talk about Dogtra, one of our favorite sponsors. Uh, doctor has been committed for over 20 years to crafting dog training e-collars to perfect and precise fit and finish intuitive design and accountable performance the Dogtra 1900s e-collar is one of my favorites and it demonstrates what they strive for an ultimate dog training tool that is durable dependable and designed for the most demanding conditions which i can attest to because i tear stuff up frequently my favorite is the 1900s black and the 1900s hands-free which i use all the time check it out at Dogtra dot com. Be sure to use the discount to- code WDR10 for ten percent off any single item over two hundred bucks. That includes the nineteen hundred and the nineteen hundred black.
0: It's no secret that we love Ray Allen Canine Equipment. We use their products every single day. The mission statement says it all: to be a world leader in quality and innovative innovation of professional canine equipment for police, military, schutzen, and sport to exceed our customers' expectations and deliver on time every time at a fair price. We full-heartedly believe they've held to that since it is our go-to one-stop shop for everything canine. Not everything canine alone, guys, dogs in general. If you train dogs, if you have a dog, everything you need for dog or canine, check out Ray Allen Canine Manufacturing, RayAllenCanine.com. Use the discount code
1: WDR10 for 10% off. Super excited to have American Aluminum Accessories on board with us here at the podcast. These guys manufacture a wide variety of products from high-quality cam locker toolboxes to an extensive line of products designed to meet the ever-changing needs of the law enforcement community. Around 1992, due to the demand for safe and secure transport for a local law enforcement agency's canine unit, they introduced the very first in-vehicle Easy Rider canine container. So it was basically what we now call just our inserts. They have continuously grown and expanded uh, the products, catering to the needs and the wants of their valued customers and high profile clientele, and catering specifically to law enforcement over the years as the needs have changed for law enforcement they've evolved and expanded the products to include inmate transport systems, the canine training aids, which I use quite a bit of canine inserts most of, every one of my guys has one of those things and you know you if you're not even have to be in law enforcement, I have several friends that are civilians that work. Lots of dogs that have the inserts put into their cars too. So, if you got one that fits, you can do it. Uh, they also do contraband and animal control systems, just to name a few. So, be sure to hit them up. The website is Easy Rider Online. So, that's the letter E, the letter Z, as in zebra, rideronline.com. If you're looking for them on Instagram and Facebook, it's American Aluminum Accessories. Feel free to hit them up there too.
0: So, our first and oldest sponsor that's been with us from the beginning is Arno Out out at ALM, uh, out there in, in Las Vegas area. Arno is a great dude. He makes great stuff for for police work and sport work. Suits, tugs. I'm telling you right now, his tugs are the best in the business. You can't get any better. Multiple colors. Uh, I, I buy boxes of them from him and give them out to everybody. Uh, I've got a bite suit from him. Love it. I've had it for a little over three years, and it's holding up like a champ. Um, Ted's got a suit that he's had forever from alm uh we wouldn't go anywhere else man we love it arno is such a good dude his uh almk9equipment.com is the website get on there he's got pre-made suits he can do custom suits based on your measurements um he's got stuff already already made up if you kind of get a kind of generic large size maybe for everybody the colors he has man is really cool he can put a lot of stuff on those suits uh check him out ALM 9 equipment.com and use the discount code WD radio for 10% off.
1: You know, running a kennel is one of those things that I always worry about is cleanliness and safety of dogs. And it's, it seems like it's an ever changing issue being able to house dogs and move things around everything else. So the guys at horizon structure make this as easy as possible. Literally the only thing you have to do is have water and power hookups and they deliver it. and You can put dogs in that day. And it's comes built comes on a trailer, they just drop it off, you plug it in, put dogs in it, and you're ready to rock, you keep them clean, you keep them safe, you keep them cool in the summer and warm in the wintertime. And it's completely custom, you can go complete mild to wild. I've seen some that were stainless steel all the way from top to bottom on the inside. And then I've seen some for a, a bulldog breeder that you know, had smaller gates because those things can't jump. So if you reach out to them. Uh, They're sitting there waiting for you to call and help you through the custom design process. They have everything from two dog ones up to, uh, I want to say like 18 or 20. It's a lot of, you can put a lot of dogs, indoor, outdoor runs. So anything you've ever dreamed of, they've got it, have done it or can do it. So they've taken all the guesswork out of building it. Everything is pre-done to your specifications and it's assembled, dropped off. Boom, you're ready to rock. Things are amazing. Uh, Rigney has one. Uh, We've had him on the show a couple of times. Go check out his Instagram And you can see he's posted it up there before. Go look Horizon up at Horizon Structures, spelled out Uh, on the internet. It's horizonstructures.com. And you're going to look for the link in there that says commercial dog kennels. Or give them a call, 888-447-4337. They'd love to talk to you and get you started on the way.
0: So speaking of weirdos, Ted, uh, I can (laughs) confirm. Listen, if you guys have been listening to the news, there was a a pretty big activity in Oklahoma yesterday. Ted was here. I can vouch. There was a guy in, right outside of Tulsa. He found seven dead people in his uh, yard. Yeah,
1: that's Seriously? in my... So yeah. that is... Yeah. So... I'm like, in, Ted was here. <laughs> I, know he, it's it's I can in, vouch So get this. It's in Henrietta, Oklahoma. And I just finished a handler school uh, with my handler's name there. His, name, his name's Theron Richards. Uh, he has a dog named Gan. Uh, Henrietta PD. Um, Henrietta is just south of Tulsa in... Um, Okmulgee County. Okmulgee County uh, Corrections also has two of our single-purpose dogs. And uh, Henrietta, this year, in the last eight months, has had two multi-victim homicides. The first one, some dude caught four dudes breaking into a tow yard, killed them, and cut them up with the saw -saw they brought in and then threw their bodies in a fucking river. That's somebody who's fed up with people. And get this, he had been charged with murder 10 years prior. Oh, yeah. So Henrietta and Oak Mulgee County kind of have a, uh, and Henrietta, I mean, Theron's a great dude. He's a great cop. He's been a cop for a while, and uh, but yeah, they found seven bodies. And get this, like the guy that they, he was a convicted sex offender and had a phone in prison and was sending illicit child pornography and pictures of his dick to his victim. Oh, he they let him out. <laughs> He still goes and contacts her, picks her up. The parents of the girl, one of the dead girls, had no idea about his background or about his history. And the night before this happened, he texted the victim in the original crime, which he was supposed to stand trial, start trial uh, two days ago. This is the third. It's supposed to start Mm -hmm. on the first. And he was like, I'm doing all of this because of you. It's a fucking crazy. And then so they have found seven dead bodies.
0: Yeah, at this All young women, no, no, a
1: and, family, and yeah, yeah. I, they haven't released any more information. He picked and, up
0: two, the two girls that he was, yeah, talking about. He fucking picked crazy. those two girls up and killed them. Jesus. Just, they're, they're friends, they were 17 years old,
1: yeah, but, like 15. And so, so yeah. like, right before I left, I got an Amber alert, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And the next day, they were like, yeah, they're dead. And I'm like, holy, shit. yeah, so yeah, I was here, it had nothing to do with me, Jesus. but <laughs> so, um, you. Kenny's got his own brand called
0: the Red Ninja, and if you see him, you'll you understand why. He's got red <laughs> hair and wears it a certain way, and he's got a whole look, and he's got these beautiful hats and this whole thing. Um,
2: where'd that come from? Who who coined that? So, as a, as a child, like middle school, high school, I used to fuck around with nunchucks, mm-hmm. and my nickname became the uh, the Red Ninja. My first email ever was K the Red Ninja. Dennis offers me an opportunity to teach. I didn't want to send it on, on my department email. The only other one I have is this. And then he asked me the fucking story. And Dennis, being the marketing wizard that he is, he's like, we're running with that shit. Yeah. So I thought this was dead. It's like a cool <laughs> picture, man. It's, I thought this was dead, dead no. in high school. And then, uh, yeah, about you know five years ago, yeah. Dennis... My, I'm revived. old enough that
0: my first email had 69 in it, more than likely. <laughs> uh, probably. Yeah. yeah.
1: Hotmail, M-A-L-E. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hotmail.com. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. <laughs> so if... if Somebody comes to see you at street cop training um, or, or any other seminar, what's, what does it look like? What do they, should they expect? Take uh, notes, I'm assuming, because there's a, probably a
2: lot of science or no? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I just talk a lot about the communication aspect. I feel that uh, as cops, we fail at communication. So like these small seminars, I focus a lot on the communication aspect. And I think that's universal for any cop in, in anything, in any realm. So I try to give as much as I can, not just I'll focus a little bit on air addiction, but then I, it always goes in the communication aspect. As cops, we you know kind of like the authoritative figure, we become the asshole or the dick, and not empathetic in 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 certain situ- situations or scenarios, or or just completely how we conduct ourselves. And I kind of feel that that's kind of embedded in us in the academy, and they don't they build us up to think that like everyone hates us, so we're gonna be a dick, you know, the next twenty years. But they never like break us back down to be like, that's not how it is. You certain situations that you have to be this person but the majority of the time you could just be a normal person and mm-hmm. and i i you know on my traffic stops i talk to people like i would talk to my buddies if they're elderly like i would talk to my grandma like honestly so mm-hmm. i i just kind of like open people's eyes to that i open their eyes to you ask one question let them keep talking and they're going to give you free information oh, yeah, especially yeah. when they're criminal in nature they're trying to if someone's telling you truth it's going to be to the point quick no other things no nothing else around it if they're trying to be deceptive and you leave that moment of silence for two or three seconds, they'll just start rambling about other shit. And I love when people give me free information because they can't control it. They don't like the silence typically. And they're just going to be talking about other things. And then I get to build my rapport with them very quickly and ask about the questions that or the, the statement that they just provided, asking questions mm-hmm. about. Cool. So uh, your classes are a couple hours typically?
0: Or? It's usually a day. So day. Uh, right.
2: I, I, unless we go to a conference, I, you know, two hours roughly and I... That's why I focus on the community aspect. But if, if you go up to my full seminar, it's um, usually 9 to four thirty or 5. You know, I typically, yeah. depending on the questions, it all depends. But, yeah, mm. I try to get people out of there by 5. Cool. Awesome. How can people get a hold of you? Where are you at on social media? You yeah. Uh, my Instagram is red underscore ninja 111. Um, if you follow any of the street cop platforms, they often tag me in things. You'll be able to yeah. find me pretty easily. So you ever show videos you... Uh, teaching. on the, on the private, uh, yeah, teaching for sure. And then on the private page, we, um, where you have to be Leo verified and all mm-hmm. these things that we'll, we'll put some, uh, we put a lot of education things out mm-hmm. there and it's a lot of case law based where it's all factual statements and, and all these other things. So it's hard to argue when you have the facts. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you're not, if you're a cop and you're not part of the street cop page, you're missing out on a, a lot of free information that that's out there. Yeah. I, I, it's, uh, really blew up. Like they're doing really well. Dennis is a. Uh, the marketing wizard. Yeah, him. We just shit
0: talked traffic cops. My whole in <laughs> admins. Shocker. The entire bad nine, hour that I was. We on We need to there. do a yeah. shirt.
1: Something about like admins. Shitty admins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shitty admin. <laughs> well, Gary my... has, or sorry, worthless handler. Everybody knows his name. Has the help, but like he has the admin tested sticker that's got mm-hmm. the little. It's the yeah. <laughs> the tattoo flash art. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> Ted, what about you? Uh, Ted underscore summers on the Instagrams, uh, working underscore dog underscore radio for the podcast, um, HRD police canine letter K number nine uh, for everything else. And I've got we've got seminars pretty much through the rest of the year. Some are closed. Uh, but I think we got California. Uh, we got California, Texas, Indiana, uh, part of India. Up north, we're going to go with guys Central Indiana, K nine, Kyle Schaefer, and those guys. Okay, yeah. So it'll be been there. You've been there twice, three I know, times, three times. Yeah. yeah, we went to Hammond. We did there, and we did a decoy camp for them. We're going back. So back, during co-
2: COVID, Hammond was the first place that was like, "Fuck it, come on over." Yeah, yeah. I, this, yeah. Same, same with me. I, I coming out of COVID, I taught my first class in a church in Indiana and we just said we're preaching. <laughs> also Indiana's
0: the only place I currently put weed on dogs they're still they're
2: still requesting weeding. Uh, oh, we, we my, do yeah my first dog uh, this well my first dog had weed this is my my current dog was the first one in our agency that we didn't put weed on yeah
0: it's a little short-sighted, I think to 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 put it on i i, I yeah I think yeah. I mean at least in Ohio because Ohio's medical we have n- m- not recreational and it won't be recreational for a few years it keeps getting taken off the ballot, they don't mm. get enough signatures or it just isn't going to pass, it, it
1: will. But for now, it's we, not. Uh, we just had a vote and it f- they were so freaked out leading up to it that the state AG's office and the OBN were giving us information or just kind of like putting information out that's like, you know, don't, and while one of the OBN handlers was in my handler school during this, they the their inside guy called their attorney, called them and said, hey, do three orders, three orders, three yeah. orders, right? And they're expecting this thing to pass, and it failed, like, 70-30, and everyone was shocked. So I was telling departments, I'm like, look, if it passes, like, just, you don't have to worry about it. But if it doesn't pass, like, I'll put the odor, because it takes me, like, three days to odor yeah. a dog, right? And, like, the day it passed, I had several departments call me back, to so like, okay, we want weed back. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, like, whatever, that's fine.
0: So Real quick, yeah. part of... And we got to get off here, but part of the interdiction is knowing, and this is where a lot of guys really don't understand, knowing your state and knowing travel, Indiana,
2: dope, east and west or north and south? So Chicago fucks it all up for us because Chicago, you think, Chicago's a, a mini hub, so we'll have guys that are coming from, you know, everywhere in the Midwest going to Chicago. But then we also see stuff from Florida coming up north and in Chicago down to Florida, so the intermediate routes are opposite so if you're coming from florida you're typically going to bring dope up money's going to go back if you're coming from say cincinnati and you're going to buy a little bit less you're going to come from cincinnati with money north and then the dope will go south so it's it's all of that's just a little bit different can i touch on two Mm -hmm. things real quick um you talked earlier about instructors great great cops great really knowledgeable but then kind of piss poor instructors um i'm like i was never a great speaker or anything and that's what when Dennis offered me the opportunity I spent tons of time like watching TED talks watching like Tony Robbins and all these guys speak and like my personality I'm like I have to if, if I'm doing this I'm competitive as fuck and I'm like I want to be one of the best like or yeah. the best person I can be in that so if you're a great cop and you have a great specialty and you want to spread that knowledge you just need to dedicate some time and learn how to mm-hmm. to speak and I think that that will um you know help you out in, in that that field and, and your knowledge and your experience will be relayed for generations yeah and i think we're all attracted together too like a lot of us i'm here for a reason i think a lot of proactivity good cops good mindsets all you know kind of are attracted to each other so yeah. I, I, it's, it's great seeing this stuff
0: so indiana used to be i'm sure years ago all biker meth Is that even a thing anymore? Is it all cartel? All cartel. It's too. It's
2: too expensive. I mean, it's too expensive. There's so many restrictions that you know the states have put on about trying to get this shit from the pharmacy, and and it's
1: dude. I got ID'd for Tylenol, I
2: think, the other day or some shit. It's got
1: Sudafed in it, or it's got. Uh, got, I think
2: if it's just a medicine anymore, they're just saying fuck it, (laughs) ID them. Claritin every time because I get horrible allergies every time, and they're like, oh, you can only have 20 in 20 days or whatever. I'm like, I okay, my allergies are kicking my ass, but sure, yeah.
0: All right, man. Thanks. I appreciate you coming in. And um, we'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you. Thank you.